This is Creators in Vietnam with Tuesi and Moni. We aim to inspire you on your journey by interviewing creative entrepreneurs across Vietnam who make a positive impact on their community and their own lives. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. In today's episode, we welcome the amazing Nam Dan from AfroViet TV, who is an, on the mission to bridge the gap between the Vietnamese and African culture, and also to show Vietnam to the world from a different perspective. In this episode, we will discuss how an actor became a businessman in Vietnam and what let him start his YouTube channel called AfroViet TV. What makes him feel more at home in Vietnam than in Nigeria and how he wants to change the narrative about Nigeria and black people. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Creators in Vietnam for another episode. This is Moni, your host today, and I'm here today with Tracy, my co-host, Hello. and Nam. Hello. And you have to know that Nam Dan is from Afroviet, which is a YouTube channel that he's doing since 2019. Yes. And he's targeting both Vietnamese and overseas audience. Yes. And we find the channel very interesting because... I really like the way he show Vietnam from his perspective yeah. and also do it fully in Vietnamese, mm-hmm. which um, for me is already very impressive. <laughs> yeah, respect. <laughs> so welcome here, Nam. We are really happy to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, appreciate that. Let's let's. I have a question right away. Let's, okay. Let's let's get it out of the table. Shoot me. Do you think that you're <laughs> the most famous black person in Vietnam? No, I don't think so. That's Vietnamese. <laughs> Oh, I don't think so. I think so. I don't think so. <laughs> so who's there? Uh, there's my friend that started YouTube videos before me. That yeah. His name is CJ. Okay. So I think he's got more followers than I have. So yeah. And I think he's been doing it quite quite a long time. So I think he's more famous. All right. Yeah. Uh, is he from the north? Yeah, from the north. Uh, yeah. He uh, yeah. in Hanoi. Yeah, I think I see a video okay. of him that yeah. he's speaking fully in the northern yeah, accent. Northern, northern accent, yeah. and I speak in the southern, in the southern accent. accent. Okay, so. there is space for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, people always compare yeah. that, but we are very close. He's, 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 a, he's a very good friend of mine. No, no matter like you know the color or anything, you're like for me, you're very famous. I've, I've watched your videos and <laughs> I really you. enjoy them. So. Thank you so much. Big respect to what you're doing. Thank you so much. Definitely. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So maybe we just start with like a little bit about you. We just want to know you, Nam, as a person. Okay. Like, uh, where did you grow up? The usual question. Okay. And Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My full name is Nadozie uh, Ozonades. I'm originally from Nigeria. My bo- both of my parents are from Nigeria in West Africa, and I was trained professionally as an actor. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Vietnam a couple of years ago, I think about 13 years ago. And I've loved it ever since. So Vietnam has become like my second home. So you can call me an adopted Vietnamese. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, amazing. <laughs> amazing. How was your relationship with your parents? Pretty awesome. Uh, my, uh, I actually grew up with mom because uh, my dad passed away when I was, I didn't even know him. Oh, shit. I think I was barely like three or four when he passed away. So... I didn't really have any, any sort of relationship with my dad, mm-hmm. but I grew up with my mom and six other brothers. So mm-hmm. I was the second to the last to the last 
to the last boy. Yeah. Uh. So it was a pretty fierce family. Pretty yeah. fierce. Everybody like <laughs> you can imagine what it's like growing up in a in a house full of boys. There's no not a single girl. So <laughs> yeah. it, wow. it was crazy. So yeah. I was we were always like <laughs> The, the younger ones so we didn't have a say and uh, every other thing was done before us mm-hmm. but it was pretty much a very loving family it's molded me into the kind of person i am today i mean it's always very competitive in my family yeah. and we grew up like that so mm-hmm. mom was always our hero or heroine or whatever you guys call it in, in french or in english but she's always been like there for all of us she's the rock through the through the <laughs> tough times and the good times i mean growing up was very interesting you know we didn't have a lot we grew up you know not having a dad and having just mom trying to hustle for seven kids yeah. so it was pretty difficult growing up some days you don't even know where the next meal was coming from yeah. and some days you just don't know where you are going to sleep i didn't even have a shoe till i was in high school The first time I had a shoe, a personal shoe of mine that I owned was in high school. Uh So it was was that difficult for us growing up. I've experienced poverty at the extreme level of poverty, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I can relate to whatever struggles that people are going through now because that's where I came from. That's what I experienced as a kid, you know, going through school and, you know, the only thing that kept me going was school and trying to do my uh, I, I i was in different choirs and in different music groups while mm-hmm. i was growing up so those were the things that kept me going and kept inspiring me to yeah. do better and to be focused that's all yeah incredible thanks two questions from here okay. um how is now your relationship with your mom uh my mom passed away oh, in 2007 shit. sorry, man. sorry <laughs> no it's all right she was a bit sick for a while mm-hmm. so and in 2007 she succumbed and my mom passing away was one of the reasons why i could relocate to vietnam i see yeah. because if she was alive there is absolutely no way i could have been able to live in a different country mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I've been traveling when she was alive travel but i can't stay more than two weeks because she's always looking out for me mm-hmm. even there were times i had some successes or some awards or some um some rewards from my acting when i started doing acting in school mm-hmm. so even to visit other countries or to relocate to other countries but she was not nah if it was if there is no yeah, permanent yeah. job for you if you just to go and try and see yeah, yeah, yeah. you are not going my boy so yeah. she kept me grounded and uh, i had to walk my way up yeah so yeah. that's who she is that's where i feel like the asian in the yeah, broad spectrum exactly. in the african culture exactly. joins we have itself similar is, yeah it's super similar <laughs> seriously like, we have similar cultures mother is the rock of the family oh, you rock. don't leave yeah. mother <laughs> no she has the final say yeah, you yeah. know in as much as we want to like show that we are all grown and we're adults now but once mom says something <laughs> yeah. she means it you have to Says abide it. by that <laughs> yeah, there's a tremendous amount of respect in the in, in the african yeah. culture from what i know yeah anyway like all the all the good vibes to your mom thank yeah, you <laughs> sorry to hear that the, the second question that i had after this is not as serious but mm. how difficult was it to join creative jobs in nigeria how does the culture sees creation jobs like acting yeah comedy for example or things like this to be fair uh, initially um, when i was growing up people who were into acting were seen as no good Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. like professional soccer players as well yeah yeah. i i was i was i i am still in love with soccer 
Mm-hmm. So when we were growing up, if you were playing football, if you were acting or doing other stage shows, they are seen as you're very useless. You should mm-hmm. be focused on getting a certificate or a degree in engineering as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a, all those things that yeah, yeah, yeah. the society has already been um, predetermined for us to to prove that we are worth yeah. it or that we are good enough. Mm-hmm. So if you are yeah. into acting or you are into soccer or you are into some other things that they don't value, they think you're wasting your time. So acting was never like a thing when yeah. I was growing up. But thankfully, I had a mom like who gave us the freedom to express ourselves in ways that we find suitable for us. So she was always, I've been, oh, I can nice. remember as young as I was seven, eight, mm-hmm. I've been doing stage acting in churches. I While I was in churches, I won my very first gift when I was in grade three mm-hmm. because of a show I did in a church that so many people loved it and donated so many things, so many gifts for me to, even I had a scholarship, even all true nice. because of my acting when I was younger. So I've always had that flair. I've always had mm-hmm. that acting flair. So when I saw that soccer wasn't going to cut it for me because my mom wasn't, she was not interested in soccer. Yeah. <laughs> so she could a- accept me being an actor, but soccer was never it for me. Really, yeah. So, but even <laughs> the acting was difficult for her as well. The, was she letting you be free like this because you were the second to the last or all of your brothers had the same freedom to express themselves i think it, it's, it's an individual thing because mm-hmm. uh in as much as we don't want to say that parents have their favorites but they do <laughs> say it now <laughs> you were <laughs> they do ah. so sometimes you can, there are things that i can get away with yeah, yeah, that yeah. other my brothers could, could sure. never ever get away with and there are yeah. some things they could get away with that i cannot ever see, yeah. get away with so it's uh she treats us as because seven of us we are all different individuals and different characters mm. so she was always like being very attentive to our needs that's so nice yeah that's so nice uh, to hear. so the other brothers yeah. <laughs> same with my family you know there is no favorite but yeah. i am yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in as much as they don't want to admit it but we know they're a favorite of course very good yeah. very good uh, and uh, so you started traveling yeah. uh, extensively at a very young age. A very, so, okay. yeah. Two more questions. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. When did you start acting? Yeah. When did it become really serious, I guess? And then when did you start traveling? Like I said, I started acting at six, seven years old. Oh, yes. yes. So uh, I've always been doing that. And that, that was what inspired me to get into college and study acting. Mm-hmm. And uh, even while I was in school, I was doing so many acting in school. But then after school, I, it became a profession for me. I've been in so many Nigerian movies as well. Wow. And then after that, I did some programs in production management. So I, I started managing movie productions mm-hmm. and I became like a movie production manager for a, a production outfit. So Chandel Productions, oh, I was the production manager for almost four or five years. Wow. So even when I, till I left to come to Vietnam, I was still the production manager in the company. I see. Yeah. I see. And then when did the travel started? The travel started when I, I think when I was still in school. I see. Yeah. So I, I it started off for me with my schoolmates we, we might go to a different country within the african continent and we will just go for travels and uh, from there i picked up interest in traveling yeah. and once i started the job once I, I got into the movie industry i was always taking the time to travel once in a while 
but then I also established business back home. So I had to go travel to Dubai, to Singapore, to China or to other countries mm-hmm. to get some of the products when I have like my two weeks break from my work. Mm-hmm. So I always use the time to travel. That's nice. So on one of those trips that I I traveled to Dubai and somebody was telling me about, um, oh, bro, have you ever been to Asia? Have you been to Vietnam in particular? So I was like, no, I've never been to Vietnam. But before then, my mom passed away in 2007. So after that, I was really stripped of every humanity, of every whatever left of me because she was like my rock. I mean, I was a rebel, to be honest. I was not the nicest yeah. of persons when I was growing up. I was always into a lot of fights and mm-hmm. so many fisticuffs because of my personality then i was hot-headed yeah. so my mom was always like the person that i run to or that if there's any complaints or anything she's the only one that can speak to me and i'll listen every other person i don't care really so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she was the only person that people could report me to mm-hmm. and she would like hey come here why did you do this? And I'll break down and cry. <laughs> she was the only person yeah, yeah, yeah. capable of doing that to me. So once she passed away in 2007, I was so vulnerable because I didn't have that backup anymore. I didn't have that cover, mm-hmm. that protection I had because I felt like I was invisible because of she was always there. So whatever I do, she will always back me up. She will always cover me and protect me. Mm-hmm. But once she passed away, it was like, I don't know if he affected all of my brothers as much as he affected me. Because I was broken. Yeah. I couldn't even focus. I couldn't do anything, even my job. What so were you at the time? I was in my early 20s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So her passing away cost me so much emotionally. Yeah. So I couldn't deal with it. So it got to a point that my friends were like trying to take me away from that environment, from that scene that I, mm-hmm. whatever happens, I could still feel my mom. I could still yeah. feel her absence. So they were like trying to get me out of that mental state yeah, sure. that was one of the reasons why in 2008 I, I i traveled one of my friends my friends invited me to go on a trip to dubai and then from there one of my friends say oh we're going to singapore from singapore oh have you been to vietnam i said i've never been to vietnam oh we should try it out we should check it out and see how it is we came all the way to vietnam and i was here for about two weeks mm-hmm. i didn't like it <laughs> nah. it was not love at no, first sight no, it, was not, it was never love at first sight yeah. so you came to was, saigon yeah, yeah I, I went to hanoi and then yeah. to saigon yeah. i didn't like any part of it yeah, yeah. I, I mean like seriously i hated like vietnam i didn't want to have anything to do with it in hindsight can you say what was bothering you uh, it was a lot. It had a lot to do with the language difference. Mm-hmm. Not that I've been to other countries where they don't speak it, but at least they you speak can English. see so many people yeah, that yeah. you can relate to that. Okay, yeah. But Vietnam was different. You know, there were not a lot of people that could speak English that yeah. you can understand. Mm-hmm. And then the color difference. It was huge for me because I remember one of the... We went visiting somewhere in Minyu and people were coming up to me and some kids, even adults touching my skin and touching my skin and trying to see if my color peels off and stuff <laughs> like that it was really mm-hmm. frustrating for me so i said nah i'm not i'm not i'm not staying any minute here mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. so i left yeah. and a couple of months back one of my friends got a job for me in, in a teaching center in uh, ho chi minh city here so i came back 
and I had to so because I just wanted to be away permanently from my environment so yeah. it could help me to restart my life to yeah. heal that's yeah. the word it yeah, could yeah. help me to heal and to forget about some of the traumatic experiences that relates to the death of my mom yeah. so that was why i had to muster enough courage to <laughs> leave my country mm-hmm. to be in vietnam that i didn't really like the first time around yeah, yeah. so i just wanted to zone everything out and just be in my own zone and focus on myself and just do my teaching schedule and then go to school teach mm. and back to my hotel that was how i was living it was always like that till a couple of months later when some people started calling me from different countries in africa from nigeria from south africa from ghana i said oh you we had you in vietnam i said yeah can you help us check some products like mm. this mm-hmm. you know so, yeah. I said, what products? They said, oh, you are in Vietnam and you don't know that Vietnam is a producing country. I said, I don't have any idea about that. They <laughs> said, okay, can you just check or you ask some of your Vietnamese friends to check these products for us? I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. I will check some of the products and I'll discuss with the companies here and I'll relate back to the people back in Africa. Mm-hmm. And I will say, okay, we'll send you some money so you can help us buy that and ship it to a particular shipping agent and we'll receive it. That's how it started. Wow. So people would just check some products and send to me. Or maybe when I travel back to the home, I remember one time I traveled, I came back with some floor ties, wall ties and stuff. So I came back with a lot of samples <laughs> and I went to this company in Binyung and then they let them move to Baria. So I discussed the business. We had this big business then and I bought the whole goods and then sent back to Africa. Another one sent me like ladies jackets. Mm-hmm. I went to a company here. I negotiated and I got some, to be honest with you, what kept me doing it was I was getting a lot of money from <laughs> yeah, it. For sure. You know, I was making money even yeah. more than I was making while I was teaching. Yeah, You were rolling on money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that's what I told you when I said. Uh-huh. So I was teaching English when I started getting all these contacts to mm-hmm. help them to buy this goods or buy that or buy these products. It got to a point where I wasn't even enjoying the teaching anymore. The stress level was super high and I wasn't getting paid enough. I think we were getting paid like $6 or $7 per hour then. Oh, at that time, was that low? Yeah. In 2008, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was super low. Because that's not the prices that I hear right now. Yeah, it's it's much more high. It's higher now than it was back then. Every other person that was teaching here could tell you. In 2009 and down, it was really crazy. It was like $6, $7 uh, per hour. And you probably get like three or four hours and then that's it. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't even worth it. All right. So mm-hmm. I had to like say, okay, I'm getting all these contacts and I'm getting so many of these uh, businesses going. So I kept doing it and still teaching. But until about 2010 or something, I focused completely on my business. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point I was even investing in my own products and mm-hmm. sending back as well. Till 2013, I established my company, my very first company in Vietnam. Had my office in, in District 11, in District Tamban. 
and that's that was a import export company import and yeah. a, export company so that that that, that completely changed yeah. the game for me so, so even more money <laughs> yeah even more money so and i asked you this before the interview sorry mm -hmm. but like you started your channel in 2019 yes i feel like you were caught up in the, all this import export exactly for the past 10 years exactly. and you didn't look around, I didn't look around. <laughs> I didn't like, you know but at the back of my mind i've always been an actor nothing yeah, yeah, changes yeah. that yeah. you know but sometimes if that profession wasn't making you money, you had to look for a way to survive. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do some things that I know I could make money legally. And that was why I had to register my company to be able to pay my mm -hmm. taxes, to be mm -hmm. able to, you know, live legally in Vietnam yeah, and yeah. do my business. So while still waiting for the right time to go back to my profession with his acting. Mm -hmm. So thankfully that helped me a lot yeah. to be able to go through all these years But still at the back of my mind, I wanted to do something to change what I was doing and to be able to go back to my calling, which I, I refer to my acting. It's, yeah. it's always been my passion. Yeah. So I couldn't do that all these years. When did the switch happen? Like when was 2019? that? 2019. No, 2017. Oh, yeah? What, yep. what happened? Like, what happened at, at that time? I think it was, was on one of my trips back to Nigeria. So I met a lot of my colleagues, you know, and they were like, bro, what happened? Man, you were a very good actor. And you, what, what, are you, what are you doing in Vietnam? Before that, I think in 2015, one of my colleagues in the movie industry came here to buy some things for her boutique. Mm -hmm. And she saw me here and she was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> what? I mean, like, what are you doing? Is there any yeah. movie industry? I said, no, I'm into the business. You? I can't believe it. So it kept ringing in my head, but mm. I was still focused on my business. Until 2017, I traveled and I, I met a lot of my colleagues and we had some conversations. I was like, okay, I'm thinking of something. I don't even know what it was, but I know I was thinking of something. Mm. So we had some conversations and we just discussed about, nobody mentioned anything about YouTube. Mm. So it wasn't until 2018 that a couple of my friends would just walk up to my office and was like, Bro, I need to talk to you. Bro, you have... I don't know, because maybe because of the way I speak to them or because of the things they saw in me, they will come to my office and say, bro, you need to find something. If you can't get into acting, you can do your YouTube or whatever, but try and do YouTube. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, why? I didn't... The first few people that came, I was like, nah. Even CJ also told me, I was like, nah. Nah, I'm not interested mm -hmm. right now. Then one of my cousins came and he sat down in my old office. He was like, bro, seriously, you have to, even if you have to start small, just do something that relates to your passion, to your calling. Mm. I said, okay. Then uh, I started buying my equipment in, 2008, in 2018 <laughs> because I've been a professional actor for, for a while. So I didn't want to mm. like start making YouTube videos with my phone. Yep. So I had to buy so many cameras, mm -hmm. lights, stands, tripods. I just didn't want to start making movies or videos immediately. So I just did some video, some cover, song covers, Vietnamese songs. Mm -hmm. I'll cover them in English or in Vietnamese and just post to my friends to watch. <laughs> You're a singer too? Mm, yeah. 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 I had a background in singing and performing. Wow. Very versatile. <laughs> What did you do in business, really? <laughs> That's exactly the question. Why they were asking me the questions. Yeah, yeah. How hard was the transition? Then I can relate a little bit where I used to have a very good job in the yeah. company. And, and that switch where you have to follow your passion mm -hmm. and the, the appeal of the money. Yeah. How much of a struggle 
is it maybe still for you? At that time, because, you know, I, I, I didn't know if I skipped the parts where I got married to a Vietnamese then. Oh, okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually married to a Vietnamese, oh. um, uh, but we're separated now. Mm-hmm. So at that time, she was like, what are you doing? Mm. Why would you leave your job to go and do a project mm. that won't even fetch you any money? What are we going to do? I was like, chill. I know what I'm doing, but yeah, yeah. she was having none of it. Mm-hmm. So it was difficult trying to convince people that this is what I, I have a passion for and for mm-hmm. you to at least believe in me and see what mm-hmm. I can make out of it. So, but I have faith. That's yeah. the only thing I had then. I had belief and confidence in my ability to do things. Do you know about scarcity mindset? No. Scarcity mindset is basically because I, when you grow up in poverty, as you described, yeah. sometimes like we have this mindset that we're going to run out of money we're exactly gonna, which is a little bit on the opposite spectrum of mm-hmm. wanting to be an actor exactly so what is your relationship with money really is the question okay for me people always find it fascinating when i talk about this money has never been a, a determining factor for me mm-hmm. it has never been paramount in i i, I like money i like <laughs> making money yeah. but i don't love money yeah yeah <laughs> there's a difference between love of money mm-hmm. and you having the passion to make money so i like to make money just like everybody else that we we strive to make money but mm-hmm. i've never been that um crazy about money that it leads me into doing stupid things yeah, yeah. i can't i can't sacrifice my integrity matters to me more than any amount of money I so see, i've yeah. never been that kind of person who puts money first in everything mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know there are things i've done that if you know me very well you understand i do things because of how it helps other people or how it satisfies my conscience mm. than making the money so that's mm-hmm. the kind of person i've always been so my relationship with money has always been like that i i try to make money i live to make money i don't make money to live mm. yeah okay yeah. makes sense mm. very good do you understand on a more lighter side sorry yeah. i have this question When you were young and you were starting acting, mm-hmm. who was the the poster on your wall? Who was your mentor? Like, which actor did you look up for? To be honest, back, back home, we had a couple of people. But funny enough, while growing up, we had this, so many genres of movies mm-hmm. and different. We had this Bollywood was super big. Really? Oh, back wow. home, you know, yeah, yeah. Jamina and all these uh, <laughs> movies that people were watching back then. So mm-hmm. we had this. But while I was growing up, I was always... You know, we had this Arnold Schwarzenegger kind mm-hmm. of movies and um, yeah. Rambo, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sylvester Stallone. So we were always watching this kind of actors and we always look up to them. Mm-hmm. But back home, we also have like the famous actors that we really, really adore. Yeah, so yeah. I, I wasn't really in um, that bracket of having one particular person I that see, I was yeah. looking up to. I so We grew up in the same generation. <laughs> you, you were a fan of Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chuck Norris. Jean-Claude, yeah. Chuck Norris. <laughs> so that was generation. <laughs> generation. So I was always looking up to them. I was like, yeah, the oh, bro, stars. the action stars. <laughs> They were like my superheroes then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so what type of acting do you want to go back to? Or if you to play in a movie what type of roles do you like to be fair i'm i'm versatile because mm-hmm. as a professional actor you were taught to be open to any kind of actor to interpret mm-hmm. the roles that you were given as professional as you can yeah so what i derive from acting is one of my professors used to say then if you could be able to interpret a role mm-hmm. 
to the point that people believe mm. and see you as that role you've done your job yeah, yeah so when i go on the street now and people relate to one of my actions in one of my youtube videos or things like that i've told this story a couple of times there was one of the movies i did back home where i played a bad boy mm. i was like this assassin as assassin and mm-hmm. i was m- killing people like so i played it with so much zeal that people believed that was really mean i was really this <laughs> terrible guy yeah, so yeah. there is one of the ladies that I killed in the movie and the way I killed her was was horrific. So that even a lot of people hated me on the streets. Yeah. To the point one day I was walking very close to my place <laughs> and one elderly woman saw me. She started speaking to me in uh, in Yoruba language and she was like, "Was it not you that did that movie?" <laughs> oh, and I was I was happy like somebody noticed my movie because I was coming up as an upcoming actor then. I was so hyped that somebody noticed my movie. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the one. I said, it was you that killed the young lady? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Ma- Mama, it's, it's, it's a movie. She went back to her room <laughs> and she brought out the big stick. Oh, shit. And I was backing her yeah. and the next thing I on my back oh, she wow. hit me and we were like what? you are a terrible human being oh, wow. you will suffer for your generation what you did to that woman was terrible oh. <laughs> you are a really terrible boy your mom should be ashamed oh, of you wow. just for what I did in a movie hey, that was good acting then that was good acting <laughs> you know, you know what I mean now <laughs> it was hurting so for a second it was hurting but I, when I look back and when I told my boss he said oh you should be happy yeah you should be, I said no yeah. somebody beat my ass somebody just whooped my ass could interpret a role that people begin to see you as mm-hmm. that character you've yeah. already done your job well, what was the influence of uh, western television if we try to compare to vietnam and the growth i don't know if mm. you were here back mm. in the days where they were still filming the movies no. in the theater and like there was no, just no, one really. guy dubbing the whole movie no I was it was it i know uh, nigeria speaks english actually. yeah of course okay so <laughs> yeah so the production level has been better than vietnam so yeah, far of course. yeah of okay course. I'll that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, for, 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 yeah, for yeah. ages like even in early 90s the, the movie industry in Nigeria started growing mm-hmm. tremendously so it's been on the upward trend since then yeah, the yeah, movie yeah. industry the, the quality keeps getting better and yeah. the level of acting has always so the natural great. question is are you going to go back to Nigeria for that or no um, you never know where life takes you <laughs> that's, that's how I, I live my life I take each day as it comes and uh, as it is now I, I see more of myself living in Vietnam than living in any other country not even in, uh, in Australia oh, wow. or in America even most of my cousins that live in the States they invite me over I say no if you want to see me come back here mm-hmm. this is my home yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I've always like had to invite them over instead of me going there even mm-hmm. when I travel back to Nigeria now I've all, I'm, I can only be there for two weeks or a month yeah yeah and i'm back home how connected or disconnected do you feel with the modern nigerian culture right now (sighs) i have to be honest with you i can't really relate to so many of the things because Mm -hmm. i've been away for so let me say ho chi minh city is the city that i've lived the longest all my life i've never been in one city this long you you know there's a big queue and you're you're a nigerian queue Yeah, that's exactly. how they should call you in, <laughs> in that's, Nigeria. That's, that's, you that's, a very, yeah. that's a very good one. Because like the, it's the same with the VQ. I, I would come back every three, four, five years. Yeah, exactly. And I would be so 
it would be so hard to call myself Vietnamese. Exactly, like exactly. So it happens yeah. to me as well. If I go back to Nigeria, everything seems so strange mm-hmm. to me now because I haven't been in a situation where I live in another country and uh, mm-hmm. I I relate to the culture of that country more than yeah. I can even relate to my own culture now. Yeah. I don't know if you get what I mean. I do, I do, yeah. 100%. So it's really, sometimes if I go back and uh, there are certain things that they expect, they mm-hmm. say, oh, you are from here, you should know that. I say, I, <laughs> I don't know about this anymore. Yeah. So, sometimes it's kind of like surprising but people can understand Mm -hmm. because i've been here i I can relate to vietnamese people to vietnamese culture now more than i can relate to my own culture in a way what what makes you feel really at home in vietnam i'm curious like what kind of aspects that makes you really connected to to the country what are the kind of traditions or behaviors or i don't know um, okay like like we said before when we started speaking that Africa and Asia have almost very similar culture. Mm -hmm. But one thing that strikes out for me is the family culture. Yeah. You know, the family culture is super, super high. I love that about Vietnamese. When I came here, I mean, you cannot even like date a girl without having to see her mom without she talking about her family and Mm -hmm. being connected to her family (laughs) or even meeting their family, you know? So... Every other time, there was, I think there was one of my girlfriends back then that she's always going back home every weekend. It's like, what? You are all grown up girl. <laughs> why, why do you have to go? I have to go see my mom. Yeah. Makes sense. And then yeah. if I want to criticize her, I remember myself <laughs> yeah, yeah, being yeah. in her shoe. Uh-huh. Every other weekend, if I'm living in the city, I have mm-hmm. to go back home to see my mom. Mm-hmm. So it's always like that. So I have, I love that family culture and unity among Mm -hmm. vietnamese and like i said when i came here the first time i didn't like it Mm -hmm. but then when i came back the second time and i I felt like there was something missing and what was missing was the language so i felt like if i could learn this language and relate to these people to understand what they are saying to me instead of being angry and upset every time mm. even what they are saying i don't even understand it i felt like they were always abusing me mm. because <laughs> yeah. i didn't understand what yeah, they were saying yeah. so yeah. it was kind of like frustrating for me but once i started picking up the language that was a game changer for me and when did you I, start to I, learn I, to be Vietnamese? honest with you i could not place i think i've been here like three four years before mm. i started developing that interest to even say, okay, let me see how I can learn this language. But I I couldn't place like a particular time frame yeah. that I can tell you that I started speaking Vietnamese because it was a gradual process. Mm-hmm. So I could pick up these words there. I never went to any school to learn Vietnamese. Can you tell jokes in Vietnamese now? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of jokes. There are so many things that people... Yeah. I, I mean, like every other day I live yeah. like a Vietnamese now and I have more many yeah. Vietnamese families that I call mm-hmm. my family as well. I have a lot of M chais and M, M guys, <laughs> and G guys. I yeah. have a lot of people that not even close to me in any mm-hmm. way, but maybe be, they've worked with me when I started filming my videos. I have like families that I met their their sons or their daughters during mm-hmm. the process of filming my videos, and it grew more when I started making YouTube yeah. videos. So I got to know so many more people than it's, I I could yeah. usually have met if I wasn't doing YouTube videos. Usually the storytellers yeah. or the funny people or the mm-hmm. actors. Yeah. Because we want so much to tell our story. Yeah. That when we need to, we force ourselves to mm-hmm. get the subtlety of the language to, yeah. to get there, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and then because it's so frustrating to just be like, mm. ah, I'm a really funny person or I have this story to tell. And yeah. This, and you can't. 
So I feel like that's why you've learned so easily. And yeah. It wasn't easy per se. <laughs> Vietnam can never be easy to learn yeah. for anyone. Yeah, so yeah. it's just determination. You know, I felt like if I want to relate to these people, if I want to be here for long term, I need to understand these people. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to communicate with them, to feel what they feel and to put mm-hmm. myself in their shoes or in their mental state to see how they think, yeah, you know, yeah. to get yeah. in their heads. Because if I cannot relate to what you feel, I will always misunderstand you. I will always feel like there's a disconnect. So, and the only way to bridge that gap, I came to their country. I'm not supposed to expect them to learn my language. Mm -hmm. It should be the other way around. Just like I tell every foreigner, if you are going to America, you don't expect them to speak Vietnamese to you. You should be able to learn English to live in America. If you are going to France, you should be able to learn French to be able to live in France. You don't expect French people to learn African language to be able to suit (laughs) you. So it's my responsibility as a foreigner to learn the language of my host country, to be able to live comfortably in that country. So instead of sitting down and moaning and complaining that they don't even speak English, it's Mm -hmm. before you came here, you should have read, you should have searched and noticed that. Vietnamese is their official language. And I, you chose I, to come. I don't like that when people say like, oh, they, they can't speak English. And I'm like, man. <laughs> it's, it's, what, what is your problem? <laughs> Vietnamese is their official language. And you saw yeah. that and you chose to come. It's a, it's a question of privilege again. Exactly. People, 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 yeah. yes. Some people, deeper people connection, feel deeper privilege <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah. It's the same conversation that, that with expat versus immigrant and exactly. things like that. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. It's it's a very deep conversation. Let's it's not go in there. But very similar question is yeah. uh, so to, and you don't you don't have to to have only one community, but to which community do you feel you belong now? Like I said, I don't put myself in that hole mm-hmm. of saying like I belong to this because I'm an African by birth. Mm-hmm. I'm a Nigerian, but Vietnam has developed me so much that mm-hmm. I feel like a part of the community now. Yeah. You know, I, I came here as I, in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. I came here like a very young boy. And yeah. now I'm a man. Yeah. And the biggest part of my growing up was done here in Vietnam. Do you realize maybe, so if I compare it to French history, yeah, there was a, a huge North African and African yeah. immigration that came. Yeah. And uh, the people that shape actually the French culture mm-hmm. were the people the, in the media. So Zidane, yeah, of you course. know, like all the, the the Kenyans that came. There was so much Omar yeah. Sy right now. Yeah. is a really famous actor. But they're kind of pioneering mm-hmm. this new culture. Yeah. So do you realize that because there is not so many African Vietnamese? Yes. And that's your name, Afro Viet. Yeah. You're like a pioneer in mm-hmm. how that branch of the culture is gonna go. That's that's my goal. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. be honest with you, that that has always been my motivation mm-hmm. to do what I'm doing, even when it's not really fun to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I should be able to set that trend. I should be able to set that standard to bridge that gap. Because mm-hmm. to be honest with you, there's not a lot of Africans in Vietnam. Of course, yeah. There are yeah. not a lot, and Vietnamese don't understand much about Africans. Yeah. Except what they read in the media or what they watch. Mm-hmm. But African being such a poor continent and yeah. people are suffering, people are dying. I, sometimes I've had to educate people yeah. that Africa is not just one country. It's about 60 odd mm-hmm. countries yeah. and different countries have different cultures, different languages, different social status. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you need to be mindful of what you think about Africa. There are 
rich people, extremely rich people in Africa. There are so many cities that you go to in Nigeria, you'll be like, is this really Africa? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But the media always shows you the poor ones in Ethiopia and yeah. uh, Eritrea and Sudan, yeah. the war-torn countries. So you people relate to that as yeah. a complete picture of Africa. I, I'm a pure product of that. <laughs> I, and I'm so ashamed. Like I grew up with so many Africans or mm. African Q. Yeah, <laughs> African Q, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and literally like when I was growing up, there was this race, the Paris Dakar. Mm-hmm. It's this a uh, car race, and it's always in the fucking desert. Yeah, in Africa. Yeah. And then when I realized that Dakar was actually a big city mm-hmm. uh, with buildings and shit like this, and I was like, I think fourteen. I was like, my African friend told me he's like, Dakar is actually a big city, man. Yeah. It's like there is house. It's not just huts and lions mm-hmm. and shit. And I was like, <laughs> oh fuck, I feel so stupid. Like, yeah, exactly. There are so many people the, in Africa, yeah. even in Nigeria, that have never seen huts. <laughs> there are so yeah, many yeah, people yeah, that yeah. have never been to those places. <laughs> like I tell people like i've never been to ethiopia once sudan all these countries and i watch from the tv exactly the way you were watching them from tv but if you've been to all the countries in africa and see the development in those places Mm -hmm. bro you'll be you'll be be surprised yeah Yeah. i heard a ted talk about this uh there's like a nigerian novelist i I just like forgot her name but uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. she's she's amazing and then she also gave a whole ted talk about like yeah guys the 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 africa that you think about it's it's not like that it's It's just like like the media really influencing the way we perceive it the way Mm. we kind of feel sorry for for people from africa but actually africa is very diverse Mm -hmm. they have different really social classes and and i know people are living fine (laughs) people are living fine are you are you doing this process of education here in vietnam about the african culture or in your african culture yeah um first of all what my interest and my motivation comes from my continent from my country Mm -hmm. and secondly in appreciation of my host country, I have so much respect for Vietnam and for what is done to me and mm-hmm. what is done to my life and how people have embraced me and, mm-hmm. you know, filled me with love. And I feel mm-hmm. so much happy when I explain to people about how I feel in Vietnam because I've been to so many countries and I can't tell you how much home yeah. this place is to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? So it's kind of like trying to marry between the two cultures and Mm -hmm. you know educate the africans about the vietnamese way of life and educating the vietnamese about the african way of life you know there has to be a connection there and and how often do you get into the conversation of african-american versus african oh i've been in conversations a lot about that and in one of my videos if you check my youtube Mm -hmm. channel that that when i started doing the african roots in vietnam yeah i did a complete series about 16 episodes african roots in vietnam the very first episode of us on that was african versus african-americans yeah so we we had this 56 minute long conversation it was like a podcast so i had these two guests that like my brothers as well mm-hmm. one is from canada one is from us and we we were like going back and forth okay. about the differences between african africans and right. african americans and we'll drop the link in yeah. the description so yeah. we don't need to talk about yeah, it sure. it's my duty to go and watch oh, it now. Exactly. <laughs> you, you enjoy the conversation what is one of the prejudices mm. that people have against nigeria globally that you just want to be like fuck this like yeah people need to stop talking like this about nigeria if you have one crime crime yeah yes yeah yeah yeah. 
everybody in the world thinks every Nigerian is a criminal, yeah, a drug right. peddler, a fraudster, yeah, an internet yeah. fraudster, a scammer. Yeah. And they couldn't be far from the truth, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I'm the first one to raise my hand and say, you got a point. But then again, we had 200 million odd Nigerians. We yeah. can't all be scammers. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's like Vietnamese being labeled like a weed growers uh, exactly. in Europe. Yeah. And then, you know, exactly. like you cannot judge the whole country. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah. that has been my biggest yeah. problem. And you can even imagine so many people go on, on my videos and they comments, use come African, use come bag of African or Nigerian. You guys are scammers and internet frosters. You are drug mm. peddler. Get out of our country. Oh, shit, man. Oh, you happened a lot. Oh, I've even wow. done a video of terrible things that people have said to me on my YouTube channel. Vietnamese only or Vietnamese, Vietnamese mostly. Only, yeah, mostly yeah. Vietnamese. How, so, very honestly, mm. I'm 37. Yeah. When I used to go back to Vietnam 30 years ago, yeah. I remember this thing traumatized me. Yeah. The Cameroon soccer team came to play mm. and literally all the kids were at the mall in D1. And literally, the team was just walking and all the kids were running away from them, calling them the devil. Yeah. I was looking at it, he's like, what the fuck is going on, man? And my father had to tell me, yeah, like the way back in the days, the way like Africans were represented were not the best. So have you experienced this? Yes. Has it evolved in any way throughout the years? To be honest with you, initially it was tough. Mm -hmm. A couple of years back when I came to Vietnam, it was tough to see or to experience because... You know, being in my country and traveling to other countries, it's it, it's also in other countries, but it was it was terrible in Vietnam when I came here mm. a couple of years ago. You mean I I couldn't go even? Some people just walk past you and call you, Kitang Den. You know, they call you all sorts of names and la mole or something like that. They say you are supposed to be in a cage. Fuck man. Yeah. Some people uh. just straight up walk up to you and say, mm. you're poor, you're a poor black man. You should not be in Vietnam. One person wrote to me on my YouTube channel and said, Vietnam is the craziest country to ever give visa to Africans. Why should they give visas to Africans yeah, to yeah. come here? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it goes. But I think over the years... Things have improved tremendously. The the younger generations are very diverse. They are very mixed because their understanding has developed. They, they listen to African music now. They mm-hmm. listen to hip-hop. They watch African-American movies. So their, their mentality has been broadened a lot. Yeah, so they don't yeah. really think like the older generations used yeah. to think. So it's the hard, younger yeah. generations are far better and things are improving. And I know with time, even the kids that are being born now, mixing up with the other cultures, things will definitely change for the better. Yeah. I mean, I, I come from Eastern Europe, let's mm. say. And in Eastern Europe, racism is quite oh, a thing against any kind of other race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even between countries. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's not only yeah, skin yeah. color. Mm. And I think Vietnam is also kind of around that yeah. time but back yeah. in the Eastern Europe. Yeah, Asia, like, Asia in general, I think, because they've never experienced immigration of no. different colors immigration, really. Yeah, they started like is a it, couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're beginning to experience how, other cultures. How are your parents? Were they, like my dad is <laughs> racist yeah. to his bone. like, And he doesn't even notice it. He yeah. was like, Twacy, never bring back a black girl. Exactly. Do whatever you want, <laughs> even a man if you want. I uh, know actually no man. Yeah. But no black people, no Arabs. 
yeah. and I grew up like this with this in my mind and I was like fuck it yeah. when I grew up with Africans and with like you know with that immigration all my best friends are yeah. <laughs> I guess I was going against my father but like, yeah. most of my really good friends are black and mm. like, Arabs and things like this it's crazy like just one generation up how yeah. are your parents yeah and uh, we there were not many africans they're only arabics and mm, yeah. gypsies so my parents were against <laughs> arabics <laughs> and gypsies it's crazy it's crazy but, but it, there's a whole work to do it, yeah. it's it's a whole lot and you know nobody was born with racism it's thought it's racism it's something that yeah. is you see your parents do mm-hmm. then yeah. you grow up to yeah. do it yeah 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 If yeah. you give two kids, they mm-hmm. don't see colors, they just see friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you leave two young kids here, black and white mm-hmm. or Asian, they will play along. Yeah. They don't hate each other. They just see themselves as friends. Yeah, yeah. But once they started hearing things from the older generation and yeah, yeah. hear the parents tell stories about you shouldn't be socializing with this set of people, yeah, yeah. they begin to internalize it and begin oh, to yeah. think deeper into it. This reminds me yeah. of this story. I was dating this Brazilian Japanese mm. uh, girl back in the days 10 years ago so there was a big uh, diaspora or big immigration of Japanese after World War II mm. so the three big immigration from after World War II to Brazil was German okay. Italian and Japanese you know the one that was Nazi Mussolini's and the imperialist then and they went to Japan and then she's like now two generation down and she would look at me and go and out of nowhere she was like you know like the black people in Brazil they're the poor people You know, they're the one that usually you just have to play soccer to get out of it. And I was like, do you see yourself? Because she was like fully Asian. I was yeah. like, how do you speak like this? Do you see your color? I mean, do you see that you're like, you're, and then I was you're, like, you're a minority as yeah. well. And then I was like, shit, like she heard this from her grandfather. Exactly. And it trickled down the, the tree. And yeah. then some of the German immigrants, not all of them in Brazil, are very, very rough in, in their observation of, mm. of the world. And it's... Sorry, that, yeah. uh, I just I wanted to share that yeah, story. That's that, crazy. That's still how so many people see black yeah. people. Once you are coming into a, a room full of all the nationalities, and ways, we, yeah. once you're black, you're walking in there, people are apprehensive. Yeah, you know, yeah. people start, we need to be, you need to be careful about yeah. this guy. He's, he's dangerous. The first thing they see is danger. Yeah. They don't, first of all, relate to you as an individual. They already have this prejudice yeah, you know yeah. they already have this pre-installed image yeah. about you yeah. about how you should behave yeah. and how aggressive black people are yeah. they don't believe that bl- there are black people who are really kind who mm. are really gentle who are really loving and caring they don't believe it's, that there is any black person like that it's like this vicious circle it's how true. do you still feel comfortable in vietnam when that's, that's, that's <laughs> the thing the, the thing is you have to In the midst of all the noise yeah, yeah, yeah. that is going around, you have to find your place. Yeah. Once you find your place in the midst of it, there will be so much quietness mm. within you. Yeah. So how do you find that quietness? Like I always advise or talk to people of my community that comes around in my office once in mm. a while. They always ask me, how do you feel comfortable living here? Yeah. I said, I feel more comfortable living here than even in my own country. You say, how, how is that possible? With all the noise around, I said, see, the only people that are making noise or they are being douchebags mm-hmm. towards me yeah. are people that have never met me or yeah. have never spoken to me or have never had any interactions with me. Because I believe I'm a very, very good person. And once you get to know me, once you get to know what I stand for, my principles mm-hmm. 
I don't think there will be any more reason to doubt my authenticity. Yeah. Irrespective of the fact that you must have encountered other Africans or other Nigerians that have done terrible things in the past, I still believe that once you have the interaction with me and see the way I relate with you and see the way I was raised. Because mm-hmm. if we go back, it's all about how people were raised. Yeah. Like, like we said earlier when we were having an interview, like I said, my money has never been a, a determining factor for me. So once you get that out of the way and you treat people not based on the financial status or what you want to obtain from them, mm-hmm. but how you want them to respect you in return, yeah. it begins to change the mindset of the people that you're dealing with. So, in my place, I feel like I have a responsibility to change the narrative about black people Mm. by being a good person to Mm. my community, my community of Vietnamese people around me, to my neighbors, to the Vietnamese that have daily interactions with me. It is my responsibility to change the narrative about Africans Mm. because whatever they must have heard before me, if they go out now after meeting me, they will say, okay, I've heard this about Africans, but I think I've seen one that is not the same like mm-hmm. the other ones you described to me. Yeah. And if I can change the mindset of five people or ten people, that's good. Then mm-hmm. if all the black people that comes to me can change the mindset of another five or ten people mm-hmm. or fifteen people, it keeps improving like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Making one small impact at a time. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I always advise them. You can be the change that you crave for. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reverse the question for you. Yeah. How are Africans seeing Asians? Okay. The way, for me, I don't know about other African countries, but in Nigeria, Nigeria. we have this culture of being hospitable to our yeah. guests, mm-hmm. irrespective of where you come from. Mm-hmm. For instance, if I take you back to my home country right now, they will take you in and ask me. In fact, they will ask you to sit. They will serve you food and ask me to go to the kitchen by myself. Do you understand what I'm saying? They will ask, oh, please, yeah, yeah. Take care. please sit down here, my sister. Oh, my brother, yeah. sit down here. We will serve you. Hey, now this, go to the kitchen and get your own food. Mm. So we've always been very hospitable to guests. We really take care of our guests yeah. better than even our own. The First of all, if we get into a fight in nigeria right now people will come to separate us mm. ah why are you fighting the foreigner now is it because yeah. he doesn't have a brother here that's the first mentality in my place yeah mm. unlike in every other country they will beat the crap out of the foreigner first uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. save their own before they start asking questions who was at fault yeah. you know so this is the way we've always noticed yeah. we've always been yeah, I yeah, that's super so, interesting, man. Yeah, so, yeah. Thanks so I've, for sharing I've taken my ex-wife to Nigeria before, mm-hmm. and she had fun. Mm-hmm. She was loved. My yeah. family took her. People all over. Everybody welcomed her, mm-hmm. and she was super, super happy that she traveled. But that was not my experience when mm-hmm. I came here for the first time, and that was our very first visit to Africa. I was trying to phrase this question to you, and you just answered it. Where like. Nigeria is a culture of hospitality. hospitality. Yeah. I was going to ask you, if is, is it a happy culture? Because, you know, like South America is a dancing culture. Mm-hmm. You know, they're welcoming and they're yeah. always dancing. And I feel Nigeria has that vibe. Too. Exactly. Exactly. Where Vietnam is, and maybe that's where there is a difference. Where it's we more traditional. It's, yeah, it's, it's traditional, but yeah. it's more honor driven. Yeah. It's like, don't lose face. Exactly. Don't, don't, don't lose honor. Exactly. That's more important. So if you look at the pop music, 
for usually I, I look at the reference mm. look at South American pop music and it's all yeah bailando yeah. <laughs> what is Nigerian music is it like more happy music or oh Nigerian music is like on the trend now yeah. I mean like I worldwide it's <laughs> everywhere like dancing and so gym, it's and always and it, to be honest with you music uh-huh. football yeah. gets us in mood yeah so very similar than the South American culture, yeah like yeah. very broad very comparison. broad we, But you we look dance at, for everything you look at Vietnamese pop music and it's all this My God, my heart is broken. <laughs> the, the sadder it is, the better it sells. Yeah, yeah. If it's the sad music, then it sells better. Exactly. And you know, yeah. it's always like a heartbreak song sells mm-hmm. better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the whole time when you were speaking, I was trying to make connections, and I think this is where the connection is, or mm. the disconnection is, is we have the same ancestral values with yeah. family, mm-hmm. but the way we see our col- the vibration of our cultures are very much very different. very different yeah. yeah and that's something that is not represented well in vietnam or yeah. across the world but i think it's it's starting i'm going to sound very ignorant but yeah. I, i i spent so many hours watching african kids dancing yeah you know it, it was really yeah. trendy at some point i was like everybody has the rhythm yeah, <laughs> yeah. everybody i mean like because dancing is always being like embedded into our culture yeah nobody teaches you how to dance yeah. You just grow up knowing that you saw your grandma shaking her waist <laughs> and, you know, vibrating to any kind oh, of song. So, nice. so you go along with it. Yeah. So dancing music has always been, like I always say, it, it helps us to forget the hardships that we go through yeah. in our country. You know, once you play a song, even if somebody died in your family, you just forget about it for a minute. Mm. You know, shake your waist and dance to it <laughs> yeah. and, and you'll be good. Get that energy yeah, out. Get that energy I love out. that. Yeah. <laughs> So it's something that I I think it helps us a lot. Mm-hmm. And it, despite all that is going on in Africa and how people tend to see Africa is still a very happy place to be. Yeah. yeah I really sure. want more of that actually in Vietnam like yeah. hearing from you like yeah Vietnam needs a bit of shaking up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. A, yeah. I mean it's exciting now that I hear you and I'm mm-hmm. so happy we've done this interview yeah. on a personal level. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I get to discover you, and I'm I'm very happy that you are part of that pioneer, mm. yeah, uh, generation that will teach Africa, yeah, the proper Africa at least yeah. to the world, yeah, but at least in Vietnam to start with. That's that's what and, I'm going for, and it it does feel like you you which is great, like you don't feel alone in all of this. You feel well surrounded, yeah. You, who's here to help you? Like, what's your support system? Oh, I have, like I said before, I have uh, a lot of Vietnamese, M Chai's yeah. and An Chai's <laughs> and M guys and Chi guys. And, yeah. you know, I have a family in, in, in from a distant family. Yeah, you know, great. when I travel, sometimes I go to their different places. Uh, they mm-hmm. take me and introduce me to extended families. I have more families. I have so many moms here that I mm-hmm. can't even count. Yeah. You know, uh, most of oh, yeah. them, they just meet me and they, I told them I lost my mom. Oh, I'm your mom now. I say, okay, the may high or may bow. This is a good start for you, man. This is great. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, I mean sure. the only aim that you have to have is the 1%. If you convert 1% of the population, exactly. yeah. that's 10 million, man. That. It keeps growing from there. So it has to start from somewhere. That's for sure. So yeah. don't expect people to know everything about you when you've not even told them anything. Yeah. So there's no way if you didn't come here to speak to me, if there's something that somebody told you about me, that's the only picture you have about me. Yeah, Except yeah, when you come yeah. to me and I tell you more about me. So it's it's something that I, I take as my responsibility to educate yeah. the Vietnamese about the yeah. African culture and about so many things they don't know. So many people write to me and they say, oh, now 
thank you for your videos from your videos we can understand more about africans mm. and some of the things that we do ignorantly yeah. we yeah. think that africans don't care about now we watch your videos mm. we know that this thing hurts you guys we know that these things that we do you guys really don't like it yeah. so i i really thank you for enlightening us on how to treat people or how to treat africans and mm. things that we say or how we behave when we are around mm. africans so if only that alone it makes me happy reading those words and the same way so many africans they also watch my videos and say oh we didn't even know that these are things that we shouldn't be doing in vietnam yeah, or you yeah. know so i'm i'm just in the middle i'm just a bridge between the two cultures to try and educate vietnamese about mm -hmm. african culture to try educate africans about vietnamese culture and also to present to other nationalities a picture of a black guy being able to live happily <laughs> in yeah. vietnam yeah because there are so many stereotypes about vietnam outside i remember some people even asking me like you live in vietnam are you a soldier <laughs> like, what are you yeah, what are you doing yeah. there like are you are you in some kind of battalion or something that yeah, is, in, is in the army are you in the army i said no nah, this is a beautiful place to live in yeah. so people get to see a difference because if a vietnamese is presenting it they will say oh you are just projecting your country yeah you're promoting mm -hmm. your country but if they are hearing that from me if they are watching my videos see how happy i live in mm. vietnam and see vietnam through my eyes it makes a difference yeah. a whole world of difference i've seen so many vid kills i've seen so many other nationalities come to vietnam mm. just by watching my videos Fuck, yeah man, that's, great. that's that's amazing and i should video this man you were so intense <laughs> you were like so like, and it, passionate <laughs> and it's, i'm so happy really to see you as a bridge yeah. uh between the two countries because to be honest like i cannot imagine like a better yeah. bridge than, yeah. than you because vietnamese like haven't been to africa yeah. so much in their life and they mm -hmm. also not so exposed so much to to other cultures than the caucasian yeah. i don't know how you, uh, yeah. caucasian is the right yeah, word yeah, to yeah. say here so i think you are the best to actually talk about Africa and yeah. show them what it is really about and mm -hmm. and I'm really impressed still your your YouTube channel and and going forward like what do you think your mission is with Afroviet? My ultimate goal um, this is a project for me as much as it's a hobby it's a project for mm -hmm. me my mom used to say that if you are working in your hobby or in your passion it's no longer a job yeah you know so my ultimate goal is to be able to get this project to a point where a lot of people will, will um, change their perspective about africa mm -hmm. number one yeah and a lot of other foreigners will change their perspective because in a similar way foreigners all still see vietnam as a third world country like a war-torn country like is insecure it's these people are hungry they are ready to rip you apart yeah. so yeah. and uh, they are this close-minded community or like they they are still not developed but trying to expose a lot of these things a lot of these stereotypes and trying to educate people and showcase vietnam in a certain way people are beginning to open up and to see vietnam in a different light you know as a black man living in vietnam they find it very strange they really don't think it's possible yeah because they always <laughs> believe that no vietnam is so it's such a communist country that it's yeah. impossible for a, a black dude to survive yeah. in vietnam <laughs> so so many of these people I, i'm telling i've received so many mails so many messages on my 
Bro, are you sure you're living in Vietnam? <laughs> yes, you know? of course. Yeah, yes, of course. You, you, don't you see the, 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 the green backgrounds? Screen. Don't, don't you see? I have to, sometimes I have to explain to yeah, them that yeah, I, it's yeah. not really a made-up video. Yeah. And sometimes they believe like by the, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, bought yeah. by the, the communist government, yeah, government to protect, to promote yeah. them, to project. I said I've never even seen any yeah, communist yeah. leader before. <laughs> so I, I wish they can pay me to <laughs> because I love the truth what comes out. <laughs> you even have Ho Chi Minh. Yeah, exactly. Board. Which, by <laughs> the way, we have nothing against the government. We yeah. love the communist. Yeah, government. of course. But the thing is, I've learned to live my truths. Yeah, yeah. That's like I always important. say in my videos. This is my personal experience. This is these videos I'm making are like my personal diaries in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Your experience might differ from mine, mm -hmm. and we have to respect each other's opinions. Yeah, if Vietnam yeah. does something that I'm I'm not very comfortable with, I will still be the person to say. Just like I say in my videos, there are some videos I made about taking my one of my cousins that came to Vietnam to go and try some Vietnamese dishes that she really didn't fancy and all her reactions were there and people mm -hmm. were criticizing me why would I make this video about Vietnam these are my personal diaries my yeah. my cousin eat, ate the food and she didn't yeah. like it yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you expect her to do to smile <laughs> <laughs> come on now she yeah. doesn't like the food and she reacted the same way yeah, yeah, yeah. so I just wanted to live my truth if it's not right it's not right with me I mm -hmm. will say it yeah Nobody pays me. The last thing, the maximum thing Vietnam would do is, oh, we don't want you in our country. Get out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do no, you understand me? Yeah, 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 but for sure. The, 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 the responsibility I have here is to share my own experiences through mm -hmm. my videos mm -hmm. and to let people know how I'm living my life on day-to-day -day basis, on week-to-week -week basis mm -hmm. in Vietnam. If there are tough times, there are. Just like I made in the video, the messages that I've received, the hate comments that I've received. I made mm -hmm. a video about it. I said... I don't like this. And this is not a representation of the general population of Vietnam. Yeah. And yeah. I got that out. I wanted people to understand it. These things also happen in Vietnam as well. Yeah. But I tell you, this is not a representation of the country. Mm. I've lived here. I've yeah. seen people being so extremely nice to yeah. me. But still, there are this minority that... So you don't think that... I, don't, I, I experienced some of these mm -hmm. things. But I've seen far more positives... Yeah. Than these negatives. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. Amazing, man. I'm, I'm super inspired. <laughs> yeah. Super really, inspired. thank you so much for sharing so many things oh, about your life, a background, yeah. and this yeah. bridge between Africa and Vietnam. We yeah. really hope that you keep going because uh, I, I really feel that your work is really impactful, really yeah. important in today's yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. We definitely support you on that. Of course, of course. <laughs> and, uh, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Spread the word of Afroviet. Mm -hmm. And yeah, really, thank you so much. Well, I, I hope for whatever it means, you know, you have support from our podcast yeah, now. Yeah, of course. We'll try as best as we can to, you know, share your content. Sure, man. But like, sure. it's a pleasure. Really, respect, man. Big, thank big, you. big respect. Thank you so much. Thank you thank guys you so, so much. much. For <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Creators in Vietnam. If you like this episode, become a part of our mission to inspire others by leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Also by sharing this episode with your friends on social media. This one small act can truly make a difference in someone's life. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and see you next time.